0: On this week's Adam Schefter podcast, it's Thanksgiving week, and we're going to talk to a player who has plenty to be thankful for, Bears tight end Zach Miller, who spent eight days in a hospital last year after being hospitalized when he dislocated his knee and damaged an artery in his left leg. And then we'll be joined by ESPN NFL researcher Evan Kaplan to give us a preview of all the action ahead in week 12 in the NFL. But first, we're going to be joined by the former Colts All-Pro Center, Jeff Saturday, who spent his weekend in Indianapolis, where the Colts were inducting Reggie Wayne into the Ring of Honor. At the same time, Reggie Wayne was celebrating his 40th birthday party. First up in today's podcast, Jeff Saturday. So, Jeff,
1: thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. You uh, you know, just before we uh, crank this up, let me just tell your listeners (laughs) how a tubby, chubby offensive lineman makes it... On the Adam Schefter podcast. How does that happen, Jeff? Guilt and shame, one hundred percent. We're sitting in the green room a couple maybe a week ago or so. I'm in there with Tim Hasselback, Ryan Clark. They're doing like the NFL live, you know, pre production show. I'm getting ready for primetime. So I always listen to their questions and I mock their answers or potential answers, or even the questions I love mocking. And Tim makes fun of me. And Tim makes fun of Shefty and Shefty's (laughs) going back and forth. And then Ryan Clark says, Oh, I've, I've been on Shefter's podcast. Uh, really? Ha- have you now? Big time. He's like absolutely, probably a few times. And I was like, it's amazing that I haven't been invited on Schefter's podcast. I mean, he's got like 7 million worldwide listeners. No reason to help an office. Help the skilled guy. He needs all the help. Their faces aren't plastered all over every commercial known to man. You know what? We'll stick the old lineman last. We'll pull it in. But at least I made it. Hey, Ma, look here. I've made it right here. I'm on the Schefter podcast right now. And uh, guess what?
0: <laughs> Tim has Hassleback never has been. I love it. Let's keep that going.
1: <laughs> keep the streak alive. <laughs> no Hasslebacks.
0: Then no Hassleback, Hassleback free podcast. I
1: love it. That's that's the idea we're, there, we're right? We're going to
0: keep her going. Now, Jeff, you were in Indianapolis over the weekend. Yeah. It was a big celebration. Reggie Wayne was inducted into the Colts Ring of Honor, and he turned 40 years old. What was that like being back with your former teammate, and I'm sure
1: a bunch of your former teammates? Oh, man, it was unbelievable. So Saturday night, we had it set up, uh, a nice dinner uh, down in the basement of, of St. Elmo's, one of, one of our favorite spots there in Indy. Um, and, and man, we were, we were laughing, telling stories. It was, you know, Peyton, myself, uh, Weezy, Reggie, obviously, uh, being there, Edrin, James, um, You had Congressman Anthony Gonzalez was in attendance. Newly uh, elected congressmen were in the house. Uh, Justin Snow, Brandon Stokely was there. There was a ton of guys, man. Gary Brackett was there. Uh, Robert Mathis came back. So, I mean, it was, it was the nucleus of guys. All hanging out, celebrating his 40th birthday, man. Um And just you, you, here's the thing for us: like, I genuinely love those guys. I mean, they, they are my boys. You know what I mean? And to see Reggie going the Ring of Honor, man. His family being there, his mom and pops. You know, Mama Wayne and 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 Papa Wayne. Just great people. Their family, you know, because you got to think, man. We were all growing up together, yeah. And and they're watching me have my family with my wife, and there so they're asking me all the questions and. We're we're talking about life, sharing stories about where we are now and what we're all doing. Um and, and it was emotional. It was a it was a great weekend. Not a good it was a great weekend being around those guys and obviously him being inducted into the Ring of Honor is so well deserved, but it's so much more than that, man. Just the time and listen, all the stories have now gotten even bigger. Yeah. Yo, Tom Moore, Bill Polian are in there, and they're telling draft stories, and Bill's taking credit for every guy in there, obviously. <laughs> and Tom, Tom's interrupting, telling stories about, you know, back in the day and the calls, and Manning's got it all going. And I'll keep telling everybody how sore my back is from carrying Manning for all those years. And, man, we were having an absolute ball, though. It was a ton of fun, Wait, man. The sheriff so, wasn't there? The sheriff? Peyton? Yeah. No, he led it. I mean, dude, he had it <laughs> set up. You know, P's, yeah, he, he's got it all set up. He's got the room set up, the back elevators. He's got the paparazzi set up to make himself feel good as he's walking in. It's all set up perfect, Shefty. Listen, there's not a thing you gotta do, man. I mean, tickets to the game the next day where we're all gonna be. Listen, Manning misses no detail, dude. He is all about that noise and gets it set up. All you gotta do is go in and enjoy the time. And we had an absolute blast, man. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, just getting together and enjoying it, celebrating. Weezy, man, forty years old. Um, man, we're all getting old. It, now that that is that's that that's a little bit daunting. When we all sit in there, but but man, what a great what a great. Weekend. When you go back and you see people that shared such a special time
0: in your life, it means an awful lot. Yes, sir. Who was the one guy this weekend that you ran into that your conversation, your encounter with that person stayed with you?
1: Oh man, great great question. Um, I say that because, yeah. I, I, listen, I didn't play football, but I covered the Broncos for 16 years.
0: So when I see that group of people that was a part of my life for 16 years and I run into them, I'm always surprised there's something that stays with me that that just leaves a mark yeah. on me. It's like a soul. it's so a soul tie. It, so yeah, it's, it's a, even more accentuated being that these guys were your brothers. These are not my brothers. I covered them. I had a professional relationship with them, but I still feel a certain... Real connection to them. No, but yours is different. So, who was the one guy you ran into this weekend? It was a conversation you had. It was a moment that just stayed with you. That it blew your mind. So here,
1: here, so so we're playing some shuffleboard late night. Uh, shuffleboard, a little shuffleboard, uh, uh, you know, over at Manning's Manning's apartment late night and. Uh, I'm hanging out with Stokely, Peyton, and I are on a team, so we're crushing everybody. We went seven and zero. We're killing everybody, so we're making fun of everybody. But Ryan Deem, you know, former right tackle yeah. for us, man. You know, he and I are sitting there just talking, and uh, Dallas Clark being there. And you know, Dallas lives in Iowa now, and Deem being in Indy, so we don't we don't get to see each other. Uh, we talk via phone and text. We're always on these group texts, but to sit down and have conversations about where they are in their life, what's going on with their kids. And, and to walk out on Sunday and see their wives and their wow. kids running around, you know, little 44 jerseys and 71 jerseys. You know, you're, you're seeing, cause my, my kids, I had my kids while I was playing. So they were in my locker room, you know, Jeffrey, my oldest son and Joshua, my youngest and even Savannah would come hang out at work with me, but they, they didn't have that opportunity. They had kids later. And so me being able to see them on the field as the Colts are warming up. Man, it touched me. You know, guys like Dylan Gandy and Josh Thomas that I played with, that, that you're, you're seeing, I, I, I watched all of them kind of grow. They came in after me, but just to the, who the men they are and the marriages they have, that's the thing that you go mm. back. Man. I mean, it, it gets you. Like I tell you, man, it is, it is deep in my soul how much love I have for these people. Uh, and what a special time and, and what a special, you know, set of circumstances, man, that we all went through together.
0: Uh, It it was incredible. And it's a passage of time, too, because you see the kids growing up and you see them moving on in life and seeing what they're doing now. And I'm sure they watch you on NFL Live and they're glued to the TV to watch your poignant, spot-on analysis. They love
1: love to try to attack you. If I'm wrong, I'm never (laughs) going to hear the end of it. You know, heaven forbid I say something one week and they're like, oh yeah, I heard you say this Saturday. Way to go. They've tanked it since then or whatever. They're always looking to knock me down, man. Always taking shots on me. So you're at the Colts game on Sunday. Yes. And so
0: I wanted to say to you, the Colts offensive line is unbelievable to me because this is a team that was maligned, and now the Colts have – Gone five straight games yes, sir, without allowing a sack, which is the longest sackless streak since Steve McNair went six straight games without a sack in 2006. Who would have thought this collection of linemen, this Colts team, would be the line that would go five straight games without surrendering a sack? What is that line doing? What is that offense doing? What is that team doing that all of a sudden Andrew Luck cannot get touched during a game?
1: It's, it's unbelievable. Listen. Chris Ballard, the GM, and Frank Reich, the head coach, have done a phenomenal job at changing the culture in that locker room. And when I say that, even in training camp, I went in and and I watched them, and I they allowed me to talk to the to the offensive line and talk to the team after practice. And I remember going in yesterday, and we walk in the locker room pregame, and I told uh, I told Chris and Frank, this feels like home. This is the locker room that I'm used to. When you walk in, there's an expectation they're going to win games. There's an expectation that their offense and defensive lines are going to are going to run roughshod and give them a chance to win games. And I'm so proud of of the culture that has been created in such a short window. I know it's Ballard's second and Frank's first, but the culture that's being developed and the belief by these men that they're going to go somewhere. And that may not be this year, you know, they may have some pieces they got to fix, all that kind of thing. But I'm telling you, there is a belief in this locker room and amongst these guys that, that, Impact a football team, not for just one season, but for a collection of seasons. And not only did Andrew Luck not get set, he didn't get touched yesterday against a a line in a defense that totally wrecked Tom Brady and the Patriots the week before. I mean, they harassed Brady all over the field. They couldn't touch Andrew Luck. And the throws that he's making, the timing that he's throwing on, when his foot hits the ground, I could I could take... Cutouts of Manning and that offense with Frank Reich years ago when we were playing and Luck yesterday, when his back foot is hitting the ground, he knows where the ball's going, whether it's Hilton on, on a post, whether it's a drag route, whether it's a hitch on the sideline, and the ball is coming out and the trust he has between the receivers, tight ends, and backs of where they're supposed to be, it looks like the offense that it should be and the timing and, and, and the consistency that everybody's playing with. It all starts with the offensive line, but everybody's bought into the philosophy of whoever's turn it is, they're going to get the play. And I'm telling you, man. I, I told him yesterday. I, I, we, we've been texting this morning. I'm just so proud of the way that they're handling it. And and Q Nelson, Quentin Nelson, their 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 pick, their first round pick. I think it was six or eight. I can't remember whatever the number was. This guy is a, he is an animal. I mean, he is an absolute animal. I, he looks like Baby Huey. You know, he's got this, this massive body, this little little bitty head. Looks like Beetlejuice. You know, <laughs> and and he is laying people out. But Smith from Auburn. You know, I think he was the second round yeah. pick. Man, this kid is is playing ball, and, and they they all are encouraging each other. You know, Ryan Kelly, their center. This is his this is his third year in the league. It's the best football he's played. And I, and I was talking to him before the game. He's like Saturday, like I'm healthy. I can bend. I can move. He got a little banged up yesterday. I'm he hoping his it name. turns out good. Yeah. But, but this kid is playing and everybody's game is being elevated, uh, because of Q Nelson and what he's bringing to, to that offensive so line. So Quentin
0: Nelson is the guy that has elevated that line. Absolutely.
1: He has triggered it. And, and, and the, the way that he, the tenacity he plays with the finish, um, you, you know, there, there there there's a saying in football with offensive line. You know, you you, you got to have a little jerk in you. I'm I'm being nice in my words of what it really should say, but. There's got to be some something in you that's got a little nastiness, right? Guys around the pile, you know, you're gonna give them a little nudge, a little knock. You're gonna finish guys. You want to put them in the dirt. You you want to do those things to show I'm the man. Like you kind of have to have that as an offensive line. When I was playing, we were a chippy group. You know, we we wanted the action. We wanted to piss other guys off. We wanted people to play angry against us, and we were never afraid of that noise. That's where this group is going, And, and. and it all starts I'm telling you man Nelson is about it he he is about playing ball and he's about getting the guys around him to play to that level and he's pushing everybody but they've they've all bought in I, I'm I'm telling you I can see it when you hear the conversation um that group that they, they've come together they've unified man and it, it's special to watch
0: those guys come over to the former guys and lean on you guys ask any questions yeah yeah
1: I, yeah, I talked I talked to both I talked to a few of them actually I talked to Costanza, who I actually played with uh before the game but you know I mean Listen, they know how to play. It's it's just all sharing. Hey, man, you know, kind of how you feeling? How's the body? How's it working? You know, what's going well? What's yeah. not? Because um, listen, these guys, they're pros, man. They 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 know the game and and uh, but I, I love watching them. I told each and every one of them. I'm so proud of the way you're oh. playing, man. that for all for all that it's I'm a I'm a Colts fan. I mean, I, you know, I don't care what anybody else says. he call me a homer, you call me whatever. That's 13 of, of the best years of my life, man. I'm pulling for that team no matter what. Uh so I'm proud of how they're playing.
0: And it was thirteen years, I believe it was one year in Green Bay. One year in Green Bay. So thirteen years with Peyton Manning, one year with Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. How do you compare and contrast? And I'm sure I'm not the first person to ask you this, those two quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, couldn't couldn't be uh, more different. You know, from a personality perspective, from the way they play the games perspective. Um, you know, Peyton is type A all the way. He he is gonna control every facet of the game uh he wants to know where the ball is when he wants to know what everybody's thinking you know when we be running uh you know running tape uh w- watching blitz drills and all those kind of things he's pointing a little you know the little uh, laser on there hey wh- who's doing this and who's blocking this guy and you know we go back and forth peppering each other with questions and he'd always want to know the solution to every problem. He always wanted to fix it. Aaron is, is very laid back, man. He's very California yeah. and all that that implies, right? He's like, ah, oh, you know, I'll, I'll roll here. I'll get out of this. If it's not quite perfect, I'll go make a play and, and extend drives. Um, and, but Peyton, you know, he didn't rely on his athleticism nearly as much. And I mean the arm, not, not the leg part. I mean the arm part. He, he put the ball where it was supposed to be before receiving threw guys open where Aaron will extend plays, and he'll put a dart on a guy. Once a guy breaks open, he's got an arm like none other. He can whip that thing, and he uses his legs much more to extend plays and do those things. But it's it was always interesting because people always ask me, they're, they're both great in their own way, but they are nothing alike. I mean, they are not, personality wise, man, it is, it is, it is two opposite ends of the spectrum. You probably get asked about that often, right? Having played in Indianapolis and in Green Bay? Yeah. And and people ask me how sore my back is from carrying both of them because, you know, I've carried them both to MVP awards. I mean, there's all <laughs> kinds of collection of, of awards that have been passed out. I, I, my name just hadn't ever been on any of them. I'm not sure why. <laughs> so
0: how sore is your back from carrying Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers? It is
1: very sore. I yeah. mean, you think those dudes, all the, all the metal and the rings they carry around. <laughs> think about all that. Ad- I think was with five or six MVPs in that group. Each of them probably 20 or 30 pounds each. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> that's a lot of weight to be toting around around here. <laughs> now it's
0: Thanksgiving week. Yes, sir. As a former member of the Colts and Packers, you've played an awful
1: lot on Thanksgiving. What is it like for a player to play on Thanksgiving Day? You know, I loved it. I, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a special, it's a unique chance. Uh, very few people on this planet have the opportunity to do, do that. And, and, uh, you know, there's something to me, thanks. It's my favorite holiday, right? I mean, everybody, I everybody's grateful. You know, there's, it's, it's not about gifts. It's about time. religion. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you're just all you're in, right? I mean, it's just family yes, football food. Let, let's, let's do What's it. That's right. That? That's right. So every, everybody's in, um, and, and you're with your extended family. So, you know, we were in Detroit you know, I've been to different and, and you're there And you're having, you're having pre-Thanksgiving dinner and you're talking about what you're grateful for and, and, and what you're passionate about and how much you love, love people and your families in the stands. Um, just a special time, man. I mean, it was. And it's not either the results or we were good, so you know we win, we win big, but the offensive line got the the iron award or whatever it was for for dominating everybody that day, and I can remember sitting there and getting the turkey leg and all the cool parts <laughs> um and looking at those five guys and thinking. Man, look, you know, look at what we did. I yeah. mean, it's, there's something special and everybody in the country is watching it because, like you said, everybody's eating or eating and the TV's on and people are walking by and checking it out. And, and, and it is a, uh, it is a very special thing to do in the NFL. Give me the top three Jeff Saturday holidays. Is Thanksgiving one? Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is number one. Let me think. Christmas has got to be two for me. Christmas got to be two. And yeah. let me think of three uh, uh, kids' birthdays so that, that, it, th- those are holidays. those are for me mm. those are those are the most fun because we we have little family traditions that we do uh you know my wife wakes up and she's got ice cream for him for breakfast these special balloons that are there um and it gets me every year man like it, it you know there's just that family tradition of what it's about and that's Those are my people, man. You know, we, we, I'm leaving the planet, putting them in the best position we can. We're going, we're going to roll together. Uh, I, I love them, man. It's just so much fun. Those days, those are my, those are my holidays. I I give them those too. You get ice cream on your birthday too for breakfast, Jeff? Not so much. You know, the heart issues and making sure we all stick around, (laughs) little chubby, all of those things. I try to sneak it in, but, uh, my wife's a little, she's a little stricter on my diet, making sure she tells me all the time, I want you to be around a long time, a long time. I'm like, man, I love you too, girl. (laughs) You get kale for breakfast. Right there, exactly. right? <laughs> some kind of green shake i'm like what is that what in the world
0: <laughs> hey jeff i want to thank you very much for joining us you know i'll say this i personally invited you booger mcfarlane you know he got invited by my producer josh oh, he didn't even get invited by me so when you were invited by the king mad respect and like i said you know we're, we're hassleback free here. i
1: love that that, that makes even better. i appreciate it man I had a great time brother
0: <laughs> thank you jeff we'll be back in a moment with zach miller but first listen up people We have a big favor to ask, and we promise it won't take up too much of your time. You know, our show is supported by some fantastic sponsors, right? Well, we'd love to hear your feedback. Head to podcastlisteners.com and fill out a short anonymous survey. That's it. We swear. Again, that's podcastlisteners.com. Zach. What's up, buddy? You know what? We talked about doing this a year ago after your knee injury. reached out to you at that point, and it's really nice to see you doing as well as you are these days, and I guess that would be where I would want to start, and why don't you tell everybody how you're doing from your recovery from the devastating knee injury that you suffered last year in New Orleans against the Saints?
2: Yeah, that was that was a long year ago, huh? Oh, A long year. <laughs> Longer for <laughs> you than me, of, I'll bet. Yes, it was a challenging year, but... Um, you no, know, I'm, I'm in a good place right now. It's been a lot of uh, a lot of good support from from family and friends, and and our staff and everybody involved has been helping me. And just uh, a lot of work, so I'm I'm good now. Making strides, um, continue to improve, kind of daily. That's that's my approach: is just answer every single challenge I got every day, and, and hopefully we get better.
0: And, and for those who don't know and are just tuning in right now, and I, I know that it was a high profile injury, if Such things can be high-profile, but you were playing in New Orleans. You went down to the end zone on a play. Um, You dislocated your knee. You Mm -hmm. severed an artery, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You were rushed to the hospital in New Orleans, University Medical Center there, where doctors performed emergency vascular surgery to repair the damaged artery in your left leg that came from the knee dislocation, and you remained hospitalized for eight days in New Orleans before being transported back to Chicago in a medevac jet. When I say all that, what goes through your mind?
2: Um, I was cringing <laughs> as we we're going through it. If you can see my facial expression, just um, it, it takes me back to, to relive that moment and, and be in it. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, emotions, I think, run through a person as, as you go through something like that. But uh, thankfully, everybody that was there to, to take care of me. Did, did a great job because we are up against time and we got to got me where I needed to be um, to be able to save my leg and those doctors did an unbelievable job and I really owe them a lot to be able to, to get me taken care of in a timely matter and, and be able to save my leg because that was that was our biggest issue was getting the artery fixed um, you know before your, your body kind of just starts to deteriorate from a lack of blood flow but I go back to those days and you know, I got a ton of pictures and, and things that we uh, have just kind of rehashed because the, the year anniversary just popped up um, a couple weeks ago. So I've, I've been through it, but to be where I'm at now and, and look back at what it was, uh, I'm very thankful and, and grateful to be where I am.
0: Is there a way to quantify exactly how close you came to losing your life
2: Only only what I've been told you know, through my doctors, and, and it was within minutes. Um, just the the amount of in in game for me um in the middle of the game my heart was racing my blood flow was up so when that artery severed basically my body was just dumping blood into my lower leg uh, wow. and the the time that it took for you know ambulance and everybody to kind of figure out where we were going to go and, and get to the hospital was kind of cutting it close so we were within um within minutes before they were trying to decide what they would have to do, but luckily they were able to repair it and get it all fixed up
0: now today you can run, you can lift, you can do anything that you want, or are you limited yeah. in any capacity Zach
2: um I'm probably a little bit limited as far as the running wise. Now I'm not I'm not out sprinting, um, but I can I can jog a little bit and and move around to where I felt good because that was a goal of mine. I wanted to run within a year. It's just a personal goal that I set, so I had something to kind of work towards as I was going through this thing, and I hit it, and and I was very happy to get there. But I, I don't really have many limitations in in the weight room or running, just as far as. Uh, what I can push the limit of pain, you know, where where I feel like all right, this might be a little bit too much too soon, but uh, we'll continue to get there, and hopefully, you know, within the next couple of weeks, we get allowed to do a little bit more and a little bit more, and kind of push the envelope a little bit.
0: Well, you, you talked about making it a goal to run within a year. What is the next yeah. goal for you? Is there another goal here that you're striving toward? Do you set these goals for yourself?
2: Yeah, we just I just kind of talked to you know people who are are kind of close to me and um what they they said the same thing what's next what's the next goal and i was like all right i got to yeah, sit down and think about it and kind of see what what the next one is but obviously it would get get as close to being back to to normal as as, as a person but as a football player that's my goal um and i i understand the the reality of if it can or can happen, there's just got a point where I got to work to to get there and make that decision when the time comes,
0: and for those who don't know, you're on the bears roster, they're carrying you yeah. on the roster, you go through meetings, <laughs> you go to the facility every day. you are a regular part of the team this year,
2: yes, and that's something that if you look across this league it's it's pretty rare, I think in that situation um I can't say enough about that organization, that franchise, uh, the McCaskey family, um, Ryan Pace, even Coach Nags because he comes in into a new coaching staff and to accept that, accept me as, as part of that. Um, that transition has meant the world to me. So I can't thank those guys enough for allowing me to be a part of this thing and continue to work.
0: Is it realistic, and forgive me for not knowing this, could mm-hmm. you possibly play football in the NFL one day again?
2: Yeah. It is. And um, it's just something that we've been very open and honest with my doctors and, and the with Ryan and people just understanding that that's still on the table. It has I haven't been told no. And I've asked. I've said, listen, if I'm at this point with how my knee is, am I crazy to, to give this a go? And – it's, an, it's a no, like you, you're not, you can, if you can get to where you need to be, you absolutely can, uh, can take steps to see if that can happen. Now I understand that there's a possibility that my body doesn't allow me to get back to that, to that point. Um, but as of now, it's just work as hard as I can to get there. And then when that day comes where we make that decision, I'll know that I gave everything I had to make it happen. If it does, we carry on. And if not, um, you know, we get, we got to call it a day, but, We'll see when that when that point comes.
0: Well, Zach, I'm saying it right now. If you can make it back, you automatically get my vote in every vote for comeback player of the year. Right then and there, I don't care if you never catch a pass. You make it back, you clinch that award. That's my theory.
2: Well, yeah, that would be um, that would be an honor, and you know, there's a lot of things that push me to 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 make that move, um, but it's got to be calculated. It has to be. Um, I think a, a thought through decision, and, and I know that when I'm when I'm at that point, I'll be comfortable either either way. But the main thing is I got to get everything I got to go there because um, I wanted to continue to play football. Anyways, I was I've been in the league. It's going on my tenth year, so I wanted to play another couple of years and to have that yep. pop up when it did. I, I, a, I don't want to go out like that and uh, B, I want to continue to play. So if I'm able to continue to play and get to that point where I can still, I just don't want to go out there to, to be out there and say, okay, I was able to come back and do it. I want to be able to produce a little bit and be be part of, um, you know, something that's worthwhile as as far as football. But so we'll get there. We'll see.
0: There are many sixth-round draft picks out of Nebraska-Omaha who get 10 <laughs> years in the NFL, Jack. You know that, right?
2: Yeah, and we've had a good run. I've had ups and downs throughout. Out the entire journey, but um, you know that's that's what it's all about. You continue to work, and continue to 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 go through the peaks and the valleys, and you kind of stay that steady course. It's something I've been proud of, and um, hopefully, continue to to make those make those steps in the right direction. And we'll see.
0: And so we have Thanksgiving this week, and I know it sounds cliched, yeah. and it's one of the reasons we wanted to get you on this week. But what do you have to be thankful for right now, Zach? When you think about something like that. What are you most thankful for in this Thanksgiving week?
2: I'd just say support. And I've felt a lot of it throughout that last year. Just And not only my immediate family, because those are the people that have taken care of me the most. Um, you know, they've had to see and endure some things that, you know, seeing dad go through, seeing your husband go through, your son, your brother. Just... That support system is immediately with me every single day. I uh, can't say enough about what what they have done for me and what they've uh, sacrificed and then my extended family as far as all our friends and fans and my my teammates, everybody over in that bears organization that's helped me, picked me up, pushed me a little bit um, that's what I'm most thankful for just the the generosity the love all the all the care that i got within the last year has been remarkable um and it's been it's been a worldwide thing that our bears fans from all over the place have been extremely uh helpful to me in, in pushing me and in picking me up throughout this whole thing so that's been my most thankful thing for this entire year
0: How is that done are they sending letters are they yeah. emailing you how do they get in touch with you
2: it's all over. That's the beautiful thing about social media. Social media can have some ugliness to it, but I, I found that um, it's been able to connect me to a lot of people who care and know that there's still really good people in the world just to, to send a message, a thank you, how much you've inspired me throughout this journey. Um, and it's it's on a daily basis, and I I read a lot of them. I try and read every single one of them, and, and they continue to uh, to really push me.
0: You have an example of somebody who touched you with their message of support?
2: Yeah. Uh you know, specifically two young individuals, Alex Ruiz, who is uh he was a high school football player out in California, suffered a similar injury to me and him and I got put in contact and he actually lost his leg. He didn't get the, the care that, you know, he really needed within that within that time frame. So him and I have had a, you know, developed a really good, strong friendship. And um, just another another young man who I was put in contact with a couple weeks ago suffered the same injury. and Him and I are just kind of starting that, that initial relationship where he's just got out of the hospital a couple days ago. And to see those young men go through what they're going through and handle it the way they are really inspires me. And it kind of goes full circle. So those are two guys that I've kind of mm. um, – came to know about and and developed a relationship with.
0: And what's been your message to them, Zach?
2: Just to stay positive. I think that's the, that's what's kind of helped me get through this, this whole thing. And it's really just a conscious effort to see the good in this. And that sounds funny. You see good in dislocating your knee and and severing your artery. Not should I see what, what kind of good can you find in that? And, the good that I found is I've had a choice to focus on all the the positive things that have happened to me, all the people that have reached out, all the people that I find out who support me. And on a daily basis will sacrifice many things to help my life be better. Hmm. So I think just if you can remain positive and you can really focus on seeing the good in any situation, it's just all for the better.
0: That's unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people are pulling for you, I know that. Before yeah. before we let you go, Zach, I do want to ask you about the Bears. You you've got an up close view of everything that has unfolded in Chicago as they head into Thanksgiving Day with a seven and three record to play the Detroit Lions. What has impressed you most about this Bears team this season?
2: A lot. And and I think it starts from the top. I think from the day that Coach Nagy kind of stepped in and took over, I've been thoroughly impressed and I've expressed that to him many times. Just how he handles everything um on a daily basis, his interaction with us he's just he's he's got it so well put together it's impressive to see because um, he he's genuine about it he he really is a good fun person to be around and then you you throw the football part into it and it's just it's really special to see you can kind of see how he's turned things a little bit and it's just it's impressive to watch. Now you add the the pieces that Ryan and his staff has put together, and you kind of you start to see the product that we're that we're putting out there. Seven and three guys are having a lot of fun. You can you can tell the swagger that that we hop out the tunnel with. So it's fun to watch. I get a, a different view because I kind of did a step back and actually, when you're in it and you're playing, you don't you don't get to that vantage point that I have right now to to really. Watch them and see how they move and how they operate. So I got a special seat in the house, and it's it's pretty fun to watch.
0: You know, Matt Nagy's raising four boys on his own. Yeah. Well, his wife, of course, but he's got four <laughs> boys, ages ten to fourteen. So he's got four boys at home, and then he's got fifty three more boys there in the <laughs> Bearish Training Facility. So he's probably used. You know, one thing probably helps with the other. I think being around all the boys he's raised over time on football teams, the young men has helped him with the young men that he's raising now. Do you think there would be any correlation there?
2: I'm certain that there is. And I know uh, they just had a, a a luncheon the other day that he invited, you know, the the wives and um, the families of the organization to come and he spoke at. And I can tell you that he had an impact because my wife came home and had a list of notes uh, of how he's raising his kids and, and how, he impacts them yeah. and, in turn, how he impacts us. So I'll tell you from firsthand, he's doing things right.
0: Yeah, he's he's a good man, and he is an excellent football coach. He, t- he totally gets it. Last thing I'll ask you, Zach, before I let you go, and I thank you very much for your time. Did you get a chance to watch Alex Smith's injury, and would you reach out to a guy like that to offer words of encouragement to him?
2: Yes, I did see it, and that's unfortunate. And you just live in it going back and seeing it happen to somebody else and in something of that nature, you just, you feel terrible for him. And of course I, I would offer any amount of advice that he would ever need. So I'd be willing to reach out to him and kind of, he's got to get through that, that initial, uh, that grieving phase I would say, cause you go through something traumatic like that and, uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll bounce back too. That's something. He's a strong individual. I know that just from from watching his career and, and the resiliency that he has. So I'm sure he'll get fixed up, heal up, and do everything he can to get back to, to being himself.
0: Hey, Zach, keep making progress. Keep working your way back to the NFL. Keep maintaining that great attitude that you have, great perspective. You got everybody pulling for you, and I wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving.
2: I appreciate you, buddy. I wish you the same.
0: We'll be back in a moment with Evan Kaplan. But first I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. You know me best for delivering news from around the league. Speaking of, recently received a tip. Vivid Seats is offering ESPN fans 10% off football tickets, but you have to act fast. Head to VividSeats.com and enter promo code ESPN at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. Vivid Seats is the official ticket partner of ESPN, and with their 100% buyer guarantee, there's no reason to miss a game this year. Don't wait. This offer ends soon. So head to VividSeats.com, get off the couch, and get into the action. Your team needs you. Cap hit. All right, once again, we're joined by the great ESPN NFL researcher, Evan Kaplan. As we get ready to head into Week 12, we are really at a critical juncture here, Evan. And I remember Bill Parcells always used to say that the real teams begin to separate themselves after Thanksgiving. So here we are in Thanksgiving week, and one team that has separated itself so far is is the New Orleans Saints. How do we put what they've done so far into perspective, Evan?
3: The offense just keeps rolling in New Orleans, and the Saints have now scored at least 40 points in six games this season. Hmm. That's already tied for the most in any single season by a team in NFL history. Wow. They've got at least 45 points in three straight games. They could become the first team all-time with 45 and four straight against the Falcons Thanksgiving night. Remember, they scored 43 against the Falcons in Atlanta. Earlier This season. So you look at that offense and it, it it seems tough to slow down. The defense is complimenting on the other side of the ball. Saints nine and one and, and rolling right now. They lost their opener. They haven't lost since.
0: I don't know how anybody's going to slow them down. I mean, they look right now like an unstoppable force and we'll see what happens Thursday night. But I don't think anybody's beating them in the dome. No, no, absolutely not. I, I mean, mean it, that is hard to imagine that they could lose a game at home.
3: Look, and you consider the game they lost, they scored 40 points in the game against the Buccaneers in Week 1. And and as you project ahead to the playoffs, they are 5-0 and in the Superdome in the postseason in the Breeze-Payton era. So as we're, as we're thinking about home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs, like you said, uh, it's going to be tough for a team to go in
0: there and win in January. And here's the difference that you pointed out. They scored 40 in that opener against mm-hmm. the Bucs. Right now, the defense is playing at a different level. And the people around that team said over the summer that this was a different defense. The defense was better than the offense, yep. if you could believe that, during training camp. right? And that defense now, which was in my fancy lineup last <laughs> weekend, I might add, is really coming to play, and a unit, I think, that is really impressed so far. Absolutely. Uh, all right, we also have some other divisional matchups on Thanksgiving Day. What stands out about them, Evan?
3: Yeah, three games in all on Thanksgiving, all divisional matchups. Uh, that'll tie 2014 from the most divisional games we've seen on Thanksgiving. The Bears and the Lions kick it off, and you look at this Bears defense. Well, we talk about a lot of the other NFC teams with their offense, but the Bears defense continues to get it done. Mm. Enter week 12, leading the NFL in takeaways, leading the NFL in defensive touchdowns. And the most interesting part is that the defense and the offense, they they really are working in concert with each other. The Bears have 97 points off turnovers this season. So even when the defense is not scoring touchdowns, the offense is using those short fields and and, and uh, scoring themselves. So you look at the Bears, these teams played 12 days ago. Uh, Bears won in Chicago. Now they'll head to Detroit on Thanksgiving.
0: Hmm. And then we have the Cowboys and Redskins. Anything stand out to you about that matchup? Yeah,
3: you look at, obviously, the, the devastating injury to Alex Smith. Colt McCoy will step in. And interestingly enough, Colt McCoy's last win as a starting quarterback came in Dallas yeah. back in 2014. Now he'll be there on Thanksgiving, a division that has certainly gotten more interesting with the
0: Eagles' struggles and the Cowboys now winning too straight. And on Monday, the Redskins signed Mark Sanchez to back up Colt McCoy. And the game... In Dallas, against his former Cowboys team, right. by the way, comes six years to the day of the butt fumble. So we've got Colt McCoy going back to the spot of him winning his last game yep. with Mark Sanchez playing six years to the day of the butt fumble. If that ton doesn't of, tie all together, Evan, I don't yeah, know what we, does. We, we Happy Thanksgiving like Day yeah, to you we, out there.
3: We love things like that. And when it all tied together like that, that NFC East
0: matchup, we'll, we'll see what happens. And we brought up the Saints and what they did to the Eagles yeah. on Sunday. The Eagles right now as a defending Super Bowl champion, are struggling. It would be notable in and of itself if the Eagles hadn't won the Super Bowl, but they did. Have we ever seen a Super Bowl champion, defending Super Bowl champ, struggle like this the next season?
3: Well, you look at that loss in Week 11, and that was the that was the largest loss by a defending Super Bowl champion. And then you look at, since 1990 when the NFL went to a 12-team playoff format, uh, the, the Eagles are only the fifth defending Super Bowl champion to have a losing record through 10 games. So it's not common. I mean, you Think back to 1990. um, Mm. It's it's about 27, 28 years, and the Eagles are only the fifth, the last before Philadelphia was, the 2013 Ravens. None of those previous four recovered from that 10-game start to make the playoffs. So the vision's still up for grabs with the NFC East, but historical odds against the Eagles in that sense.
0: All right, Evan, let's look ahead a little bit here. Uh, We had Jeff Saturday on earlier. Mm -hmm. He talked about the Colts' offensive line, which has really been incredible. When you look the fact that the unit has gone five straight games without allowing a sack, what has impressed you numbers-wise about what the Colts have done so far?
3: Well, you look at offensive line play and and NFL next-gen stats with the chips and the shoulder pads, we're able to determine how long the Colts offensive line is holding their blocks for. So there's a a pass-rush metric that we've come up with, and we can see that the, the Colts are holding their blocks for at least two and a half seconds, which is about the average time to pass. 66% of the time mm-hmm. in their last five games, that's the highest in the NFL since week six. A quarterback in Andrew Luck that all he was was sacked earlier in his career. He's the first quarterback since Eli Manning to go five straight games without a sack. That was back in 2010 for Manning. And Luck, look, he's getting time and he's putting up, if you go back even more than those five games, seven straight games with three touchdown passes, that's the third longest single-season streak in NFL history. The the only two guys with longer streaks, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, they won the MVP that year. Look, there are some great performances in the NFL this season. You can add Andrew Luck to the list of a guy who will start to get at least MVP votes and consideration as we get towards December, the way he's playing.
0: At least the conversation on Andrew Luck has shifted to MVP, whereas... Earlier in the year, we were wondering if he could throw the football downfield on that Hail Mary where they had to put Jacoby Brissett right. in. And people were wondering right. about his shoulder strength. So right. I would think that if you throw right. three touchdown passes in seven straight games, right. your shoulder yard strength yard is okay, right?
3: T.Y. Hilton, yeah, he 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 looks great. And, and they've won four in a row, and they are right in the thick of the AFC wildcard race and maybe the divisional race. You, you never know.
0: Now, a team that they lost to earlier this year, the Colts did, was the New England Patriots who were coming off a bye. They are expected to get back. Rob Gronkowski this week, barring any unforeseen setbacks. What stands out to you, Evan, about Tom Brady and the Patriots being back after a bye?
3: Well, Patriots, their third divisional game this season, and we talked before their last game about his dominance against the Bills. He now has 29 wins against the Bills in his career, Mm. most by any quarterback against a single team. And... With a win in Week 12 against the Jets, he will tie Brett Favre for the second most by one quarterback against a team. Favre beat the Lions 26 times. Brady is looking for his 26th win against the Jets. And we talked about last time the Patriots coming off a loss against the Titans going into their bye. But the Patriots have been really a second-half team over the last two years. They are 14-2 and yeah. after the bye in the previous two years, both times reaching the Super Bowl. So... Look, the, the the Patriots panic always seems to happen after yeah. every loss. It, it really does. Um, yeah. But dynasty's over, right? Right, coming to an end. But but certainly, I I think they'll be fine.
0: And that is exactly what Bill Parcells has talked about: how yeah. the good teams ramp it up, and the Patriots have ramped it up yep. about as well as anybody in the league over time. All right, what about the big games for the NFC playoff picture? What do we have there this weekend, Evan?
3: Yeah, Seahawks, Panthers, and Packers, Vikings. Four teams that are in wild card contention right now, both uh, all in, in second place or worse in their division. And let's start with with Seahawks, Panthers. You look at Russ Wilson, Cam Newton, two quarterbacks who have by far the most rushing yards at the position mm-hmm. since Wilson's season in 2012. But but you look at their numbers this year, and they're evolving a little bit. Wilson averaging career lows in rush attempts per game. That Seahawks running backs have contributed more than they have in, in maybe the previous few years combined. And then you look at Cam Newton with Norv Turner. He's completing a career-high 68% of his passes by short throws, staying in the pocket. So you look at, obviously, they both still have the running threat, yeah. but they're they're evolving a little bit in, in the way they're playing quarterback and have both teams, uh, again, in the wild-card hunt. And then you talk about Vikings-Packers, and these are two teams that we thought would be contending for the NFC North crown at the beginning of the season, and they still might. But the Bears at seven and three entering week 12, first place in that division. And this is an interesting one that I was talking to Adam, our old friend Joey Roberts about last I spoke night. To Joey today. I, I was we were talking the last night during the game, and Kirk Cousins, when he gets down in games, he has not shown the ability to come back. So at any point in a game when he's trailing by seven points, not 10, not 14, only seven points by a single touchdown, he is two, 18, and two. In those games in the last three is seasons. Is that on
0: Kirk Cousins or is that on the Washington Redskins and Minnesota Vikings?
3: I think it's both. I think it's both. So we, we, we always uh get a little wary about uh applying win-loss records to a quarterback, but look, he he probably deserves some of the uh the blame, if you want to say. But well, look. But the team does as well. So look, the the Vikings when they've gotten down this year, oh four and one in those situations. So I think it goes all the way around. It's unfair, as you said, to put it all on cousins. But look, if if the Packers get up early, that has not been a good recipe for the Vikings
0: this season. Well, I think that goes to show you that again. I think the best way of just summarizing that is, Kirk Cousins, fair or not, has struggled to lead his team to victory when his team has fallen behind. Right, that, that is a fact. So that is a fact, and he needs to turn that around. If the Vikings are going to catch the Bears, who have done an unbelievable job jumping out to the start that they have at seven and three and first place. In the NFC North Evan should be another Great week in the NFL Appreciate you joining us today Thanks Adam Happy Thanksgiving Same to you And so a special thank you To Evan Kaplan For providing all that Great insight again As he previewed Week 12 In the NFL As we get late in the season Special thanks to Zach Miller Who's making that Tremendous comeback From that devastating injury And keeping a remarkable Attitude and perspective About it And also to our friend And colleague here at ESPN Jeff Saturday Jeff Saturday was doing a great job for NFL Live, was a great center for the Colts, and provided us with some great entertainment from his weekend in Indianapolis. And thank you, the listener, to tuning in to another podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. And please join us again next week for the latest edition of the Adam Schefter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.